0: Welcome to Episode 8 of the BDA Radio Exclusive Edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran and one of the top prospects in Ring of Honor, the kingpin, Brian Malonis.
1: Hold on, on, Mike. I'm just finishing my... uh my game here that i'm playing on my phone
0: you're playing a game I, on your phone We're recording. yeah i just
1: i i just beat the rock oh uh, yeah i thought you'd be happy to know that in your
0: dreams brian in your dreams
1: <laughs> no i on my phone not in my dreams uh, <laughs> how I, you doing mike i'm glad i could discuss you so early on
0: what's this game called
1: uh i think wwe <laughs> champions
0: all right we'll give we'll give them a plug they can <laughs> they can thank us later <laughs> oh my god all right so uh let's get right into this there was no bDA bonus podcast last week Brian if you're listening now on the podcast radio network it was a repeat last week because Brian because
1: because you're a slouch
0: because it was a tough week for your uh your boy hi- hiatusing referee yes <laughs> your boy yeah, I I uh... Your
1: boy was busy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we were actually did record an episode, but it is lost in the ether. It is never to be heard uh because I couldn't properly edit it to make it sound like something uh good. <laughs> um we talked about it at length on the uh new age insiders network so if you want to go back and listen to that from monday on the nai network but uh yeah we really apologize that there was no bda bonus podcast last week but we're gonna make up for it right here today on the bda bonus podcast the wrestling podcast about nothing and uh, speaking of monday's episode brian uh we did a road trip You, myself, and one Todd Sinclair, the senior official of Ring of Honor Wrestling, uh, for a very special reason, because you, Brian, competed in New York City for the very first time. Yes. And at the Hammerstein Ballroom, the world famous, one of the... uh, Most famous buildings, I'd say, in the Northeast. Uh, ECW was there so many times. They had those one-night stand pay-per-views there. Uh, The Hammerstein Ballroom, a lovely, beautiful building. And we didn't really get to talk about this that much on Monday, Brian. But how did it feel when you first walked into the lovely, the beautiful uh, Hammerstein Ballroom?
1: Uh, I was quite a relief the, the moment I walked in, Michael. Uh. <laughs>
0: we talked about that Monday as well. Yes, you had some, uh, you had some bathroom issues. Go back and yes. listen to that on the NAI Network. Uh, but once that was taken care of, Brian, once you were properly relieved after a number of minutes in the little boy's room, how did it feel to walk upstairs and to walk into that huge facility?
1: Oh, it was incredible. I mean, just because of how, I mean, how how many levels and how high the ceiling goes up, and just it was like, whoa, wait a minute here, like, like I don't know. It just kind of felt like um, felt like on a different level, um, you know, uh, when I walked in the building, and and uh, we had talked about how on the ride where I'd had some butterflies. Walking in the building there for the first time uh, didn't help those butterflies all that much.
0: They became wombats. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so you competed in a second-round match because you won your first-round match. It was on Ring of Honor TV. It's going to be on Ring of Honor's website, ROHWrestling.com, when this is released. So you can go watch this if you're a free ringside member. Sign up for a free ringside membership, and you can watch... Uh, this last episode of Ring of Honor Television, and see the King Bin make his debut. So you won your first round match, I guess, spoiler if you haven't watched the TV yet, um, <laughs> against Raphael King, and you were going into your second round match. It was filmed Saturday night, this past Saturday night, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Now, when you were behind the curtain, ready to go out, how were the Wombats then?
1: I was fine, then. I was just, I was really fired up, you know, um, felt like I had a lot on the line, Um, you know, not not in the, you know, professional wrestling storyline sense, but in the very real sense, I felt like I had a lot on the line, but I was fired up, I was really happy with what we uh, had come up with, and I was just ready to go, I was pumped up, and uh, I was first one through the curtain, so uh, my music hit, and the one thing i thought was kind of cool was during his entrance i I did get a chance to just kind of soak it in for a moment um after my entrance you know but just during his when you know nobody's really watching me just a moment to look up and look around and soak it in a little bit soak in the moment you know it was was just really cool it was uh to get the wrestle there get the wrestle in hammerstein uh wrestle in new york city uh awesome man it was it was it was something and um It's kind of funny. I I felt, um, but after I kind of looked around, took it in, like I felt really good and confident and ready to go.
0: So, Derry, whose entrance you were talking about?
1: Uh, My opponent, Michael.
0: And your opponent is?
1: Uh, Well, you'll have to watch uh, the upcoming episodes of Ring of Honor Television to find out exactly who.
0: We're doing this again, huh?
1: (laughs) No spoilers.
0: No spoilers. Uh, Yeah, so we talked about all the things that went on besides your big match, Brian, that was at the beginning of the show in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Later in the show at Manhattan Mayhem for Ring of Honor, there were a number of uh, surprises. And once again, we talked about that on Monday, and if you missed hearing about the ROH road trip, and if you missed any of our Monday podcasts, we're easy to find over on the New Age Insiders Network. The easiest way to find everything we do is search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. Both feeds come up. Subscribe to the NAI Network feed so you can start your week with us. And speaking of the New Age Insiders, Brian, uh, we get a t-shirt in the new agent insider store on prowrestlingtees.com
1: We sure do. Have we got a sale yet?
0: I haven't heard, but uh we don't we don't directly get the the, the notifications. Those go through the New Age
1: Insiders. Yeah, if you uh, order if you order a shirt, make sure you tell us. I don't trust Bill Neville as far as I can throw him.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, go check out Pro slash New Age Insiders. You can see the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, and we really want you guys to go and pick those up. We have a contest that's gonna be coming very soon on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing regarding the t-shirts. Uh, go to pro slash new age insiders. Pick up the Curtain Jerker t-shirt. Uh, okay, on this podcast, Brian, we've got Merv Griffin time coming up. That's the part of the podcast where we get to your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more historic ha-ha will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But you know what happens here? On the Thursday BDA bonus episode, we tackle a different topic each week voted on by you, at the WPAN on Twitter. Okay, here's what went down in this week's BDA bonus episode poll. Four topics, Brian, and coming in last place, 11% was the best women's champion. Okay, 24% from there.
1: Uh, You know, it might be a bad day to have that come in last place, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Coming in second place at 24% was favorite WrestleMania. Which uh, I don't know. On, on a different day, it would probably be uh, very high on the poll. But thirty one percent in second place is our fast lane thoughts. Of course, the pay per view, the raw brand pay per view from this past Sunday that came in second place. First place, Brian, with thirty four percent, just edging out fast lane is Kofi. The early years, but I did put the, the <laughs> I put the S in parentheses because. Uh there really was just the early year that we spent with Kofi because he was snatched up by wWE pretty quickly after he uh started probably is it less than a year
1: uh, right right around there I think whatever happened yeah. to that guy see what's he doing now?
0: I don't know. I don't know. He's uh, peddling ice cream, I think. (laughs) He sure is. (laughs) So uh, Ocho and Ortiz, which is a podcast, uh, they voted in the poll and they said they're really hoping Kofi, the early years, wins out. Well, it did. And Brian, you made a suggestion to me earlier in the week that we are going to go with. Because we didn't have an episode last week, we uh, skipped out. On the last week of the BDA bonus podcast, we are going to do both the first place and second place winning topics this week. So we're going to talk about Kofi and we're going to talk about our fast lane thoughts. So there you go. Double the content because we feel bad that we missed out on last week. So uh, good job, Kingpin. I like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we owe the fans a little something after coming up short last week.
0: So here we go. Uh, which one do you want to tackle first, Brian?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, you you choose, Michael. You're in, you're in the lead chair, so you, you choose.
0: All right. So let's talk about Fast Lane, the pay per view from Sunday evening. So we're not going to run down the entire card. We're just going to give. Uh, we're going to have some categories: the surprise of the night, the match of the night, and we'll just go through like that. But um, before we get to that, Brian, do you want to weigh in on the debate with uh, Goldberg?
1: just what in general about him getting the title
0: just yeah the the fervor the <laughs> the the venom on lo- from the <sighs> online twitter facebook community on goldberg uh, beating kevin owens in whatever 22 seconds or whatever it was to win the universal championship
1: i just think people need something to complain about if i'm being if i'm being perfectly honest here like is this not what everybody expected like uh, uh, is anybody surprised at this outcome or how quickly he be- he beat brock lesnar in like the same amounts of time <laughs> i mean uh, were they expecting something different I-, I don't i don't understand i thought they actually um protected kevin owens a little bit with uh you know what they have in the jericho distraction um I mean, the only thing I thought might, they might do is maybe have Lesnar get involved. Neither, one, cost Goldberg the match, or two, you know, do a number on Goldberg, let Kevin Owens, you know, you know, beat on him for a few because he was weakened. And then he makes a big comeback and wins it. That's the only th- things I thought, you know, the other thing maybe I thought they would do. But did, right. did anybody think it was going to be anything other than Spear, Jackhammer, New Champ? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't. I don't know. I I, I didn't expect the. Uh, how about just the, the on Monday night, the fans in Chicago chanting Goldberg as he comes out, and then booing him while he talks. Like, just <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What are we doing as as wrestling fans? You watch the product just to criticize it? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Where, where where's the level of enjoyment? Because even when it's like, even when it's guys you like, you're sitting there and it, it's. Rather than just enjoying the match and getting lost in the match, it's... Like, immediately we start with, the, where does it rank in history? And where is it this? And how many stars is it? And, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Like, I, I don't know. Is there any... Even when you're watching guys you like, is there any level of enjoyment? Like, that's... Well-
0: I know where there was uh, a lot of enjoyment, Brian. That was it, <laughs> at
1: the,
0: the New Age Insiders compound. Uh, yes. Jason Maltov uh, If you seen the video, it went uh, somewhat viral. Uh, just but Goldberg him.
1: shared it, didn't he?
0: <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Goldberg shared it on his Twitter. Yes, uh, it was. It was a happening over at the uh, N- New Age Insiders headquarters. <laughs> uh, there was something else. But uh, yeah, I do agree with you, actually. Um, the Check of the Boots podcast. We do a um, we give our picks, but actually we didn't give our picks because we forgot um, for, for <laughs> oh. fast for fast lane. Uh-oh. But if we if we did, I, I probably would have picked Kevin Owens just because it was so heavy that everyone is just saying Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg is winging this thing really quick. I thought WWE might do something else, might do a DQ, might do you know you talked about lesnar coming in you had jericho probably going to be involved i thought they might do something like that to keep the title on owens but i mean i obviously i would definitely wasn't surprised the goldberg won this thing in the fashion he did it's kind of like um goldberg's first run in wwf everyone criticized saying that's not what got Goldberg over. Goldberg's gonna kill people in short matches, and now this time out, they're doing exactly what you're supposed to do with Bill Goldberg, exactly what got him over, and now people are complaining.
1: <laughs> I like the folks with the commenting of a fifty-year-old man. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Look at the shape this dude is in. So <laughs> yes. If you're if you're one of the guys saying that, like, understand, Goldberg could rip your head off and shit down your throat, like, <laughs> like. He's a beast. He looks great. He looks better than most of the guys on the roster.
0: <laughs> I say this all the time, Brian. Age is just a number.
1: I mean, but it's like I don't know. Does I mean is it unbelievable that Bill Goldberg could beat up Kevin Owens? <laughs> like, is no. that physically the by, by the way they look? Is that inconceivable to you? Like, how stupid is your argument? <laughs> like. Like if you want to argue, like, oh my God, he does. Does he need the title? He's fifty years old. He's only going to be around. Okay, like I get that. But if you're a fifty year old man, like a fifty year old man who's ripped, <laughs> like, yeah. Like this is not like you know your fifty year old dad who you know wears Jesus sandals and you know drinks <laughs> a six pack a night. Like, like <laughs> this dude's friggin' jacked out of his mind.
0: Yeah, that's uh, kind of a dead foolish. argument. Just yeah,
1: it's foolish. Like, get out of my face with it! <laughs> it's <Like, that's> just <laughs> stupidity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think we look for things to to criticize. And I mean, uh, uh, so if he went, if if Owens, go, so uh, Owens just wants to keep the title forever. If he goes to WrestleMania, should he just kept it there? Because Jericho's an old guy too. <laughs> I mean, Jericho's what forty four, forty five.
0: Yeah, you can't let him have it. Can't let that's him have. I,
1: I mean. There's like, there's like, oh, 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 hey, well, you can't let Finn Balor have it either. He's 37. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, come on, Jesus! Like, just watch the damn product and enjoy it. I mean, is this, does not having the universal title on Kevin Owens right now, does that make the championship match or the the match between Jericho and Owens any less like anticipated? Like, I can't wait for that match. Does does that ruin the entire buildup of this feud now? Like, I, I don't. I don't understand. The last I saw, like, even without uh, Owens having the having the belt, Chris Jericho is still pretty damn over. All
0: right, let's let's get into the uh, yeah. You getting rest me angry. Why are you getting me angry for? Uh, because <laughs> because that's that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. Okay, let's talk about Brian. The spot of the night. That's our first category that I have here.
1: Well, I I think Braun Strowman coming off the top rope. How about that?
0: All right, that's a good one. He didn't <laughs> I mean, hit. He not hit him with anything. But no, uh, yeah. he didn't
1: hit him with anything. But just the fact that that dude got up on the top rope and came off of the top rope was pretty damn, pretty damn athletic and pretty damn amazing. Like he has come so far, just in general. Braun Strowman. I mean, I don't know where they're going with him or what they're gonna do with him here coming up, but he's come a long way in a short time, and if he kind of. If you can start to like extrapolate that over, over time, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy.
0: Yeah, I think we might talk a little bit more about him coming up. So I'll just get right into my spot of the night, Brian. Did you see uh, the Cruiserweight match? I might talk about this a little bit tonight, too. Um, Neville and uh, Gallagher. The snap German suplex by Neville on Gallagher. Do you remember this spot?
1: I do remember this spot.
0: Where, I mean... I guess maybe I shouldn't highlight this, but Neville just kind of dropped around run on his head and shoulder. Um,
1: <laughs> it was just, tight.
0: Yeah, it, it was tight. It was devastating. It looked brutal, uh, but it was a memorable spot, and that's kind of uh, what came to mind for me when I thought of the spot of the night for Fastlane.
1: <laughs> so you like things where people almost get uh, annihilated.
0: Yeah, I guess it, it's showing now that I'm, I'm a referee. I'm not a wrestler. If I was a wrestler, I'd probably... Hate that spot, but uh, yes.
1: I don't know. The way you cringe on things, is, I, I do enjoy seeing you cringe uh, and overreact to, to bumps. <laughs>
0: well, sometimes, uh, you know, things look a little tight, and this looked a lot tight.
1: So you're saying you think they need a little work there?
0: <laughs> yes. We'll be, we'll be on the Mac quote for your ass. Um, okay, let's move on, Brian, to the surprise of the evening.
1: Uh, what
0: did you have for your surprise of the night?
1: I think the Charlotte's pay per view streak ending. I could not believe that um, they go through. They build up this big streak. Uh, what was it sixteen pay per views in a row? Was that? Was that a, it was, that
0: was sixteen a, or eighteen.
1: Something, something crazy. And but they actually like put it over and built it. And she loses it the pay per view before WrestleMania at Fastlane. Like so, I thought such a bizarre. Like I think it was a surprise. Like but not like in a good way. It was. A, such a weird spot to end it in. I'm I'm actually thoroughly confused by the women's title feud in general. But, yeah, I don't know. To end it there, I just thought was uh, was a surprise. <laughs> it was a big surprise.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll keep it going with the, the confusing women's division. I had my surprise of the night. Sasha wins. Sasha pins uh, Nia Jax in her match. And yeah, it just seemed like Nia Jax was put in a position where she was laying waste to the women's division, and the rumor was a four way match with her being a part of it with uh, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. And Sasha just pins her like it just didn't make sense. Well, first of all, the the roll up pin with the hundred hundred pounds holding down. Two hundred and eighty pounds didn't just visually look right, but um, just the fact that Sasha won the match to me was surprising.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Nia Jax has fallen out of favor or just plans changed or or what, but uh, yeah, it was. It seemed, yeah, she was just running through <laughs> again. She's running because she hadn't been defeated yet. Correct? She's another one that was.
0: Um, no, no, not on the main roster, yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, she has this impressive streak going, and you just kind of end it unceremoniously uh, at Fastlane pay-per-view before WrestleMania. So that must means they must have something pretty damn special to roll out at WrestleMania with the women, I would think, then, right?
0: And right now it's a triple threat with Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte. I don't know if they are, if they will add Nia Jax, like uh was rumored. But, yeah, I but mean, uh, they still
1: got, what, three, four weeks to get wherever the hell they want to go i mean it's a, just because she lost doesn't mean she's out necessarily but i think that's a tough sell sell putting her into that match now you know coming off that loss i think it's an easier sell to put uh sasha in after after that loss because she has you know a pedigree as you know as champion so you can make the case but naya losing to her i don't know i think that kind of takes her out of the equation right
0: yeah i mean it's that's that's It's just weird. Like you said, the women's division is just... Uh, it's all kabuki. <laughs> who,
1: who would have thought the, the SmackDown women's division would be a little more compelling than the Raw women's division?
0: Yeah, who would have thought? That's exactly correct. My um, runner-up surprise of the night, Brian, was Jinder Mahal has a pay-per-view match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you leave Jinder Mahal alone.
0: <laughs> okay, let's move on to the <laughs> moment of the night. Okay, I'll just say my moment of the night was... Bailey defeating Charlotte. That, there you go. That was a moment. That's something was unexpected, and Bailey had a moment there, ending that streak. So, I mean, it's kind of, it was a surprise, and it was a moment. and That's <laughs> what I'm going with. Bailey over Charlotte. Moment of the night. What do you have?
1: Well, I think for me, it's when the big show defeated Rusev. I mean, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> three choke slams. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's uh, Jericho's appearance. To set up the distraction, I mean, you figured he was probably gonna get involved somehow here, but uh, the reaction from the crowd—because um, it's the first time he's been seen since the Festival of Friendship. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Yes. Yeah. So the um, the reaction he got, and then obviously led to the uh, to the finish of the match. But I, th- I think just the uh, his appearance uh, to set that up was was a moment because the crowd just reacted so favorably to him.
0: All right, Brian. Let's move on to the match of the night. Um, what did you have uh, out of all of these matches Was your match of the night?
1: Uh, for me, I think it was, some, for me, it was Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn, uh, the opener. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was just, I, in a night of, of I think, forgettable <laughs> matches, I think it was the best of the bunch. Uh, this pay-per-view, I, I, it just, I think it's a forgettable pay-per-view other than the, the Goldberg win. I, I, I guess, I don't know, you have to I guess Charlotte uh losing as well but I, I don't know it just the pay-per-view seemed to it seemed a half a tick off all night but i i thought Samoa joe and Sami Zayn was uh you know i thought it was the best match of the night right off the gate
0: i believe uh Samoa joe's first pay-per-view match ever with WWE 2017 though, as long as he's been around it just yeah. uh it was just weird but yeah he had a very good showing and uh of course, Sami Zayn is always a good hand, but i uh, never been put in the position of um, being the star. So hopefully down the line that'll happen, but uh, it was Samoa Joe's night. Uh, I'm not sure what is planned for him at WrestleMania. He wasn't on the books as far as I know. I mean, I don't Write it know-
1: down, Mike. Finn Balor.
0: Yeah, that's what you're thinking?
1: Finn Balor, Samoa Joe. Write it down.
0: There was rumors that I read in the dirt sheets. Finn Balor is back on the road this weekend, so... That would be a good match. They've had uh, a number of them in uh, NXT. so
1: Bring it to the main roster.
0: There you go. <laughs> okay, Ryan, my match of the night is Neville versus Jack Gallagher. I'm coming back to it.
1: That was my second favorite match of the night. That was so your second we're, favorite match? both right there.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah it, I mean, it was a fantastic match, and they didn't have the crowd at the beginning, and slowly they got the crowd into it. The thing's looking up for the Cruiserweights, especially, you know, you got Austin Aries coming in now. They've definitely um, jolted some life into the Cruiserweight division, and Gallagher has... Uh, they have a thing for Gallagher, you can tell. He's always featured on Raw. Uh, and Neville, of course, as the Cruiserweight champion, uh, has been doing great things. And this is a great match. And that's my match of the night.
1: Yeah, for the Cruiserweights, I think they're actually they're establishing some of these guys as actual stars now. And they're also, with, with Neville and now Ares, infusing stars into it. And, and there's a difference between the guys who are just kind of there and then the guys who are stars you know, in, in, the w, in the in the realm of WWE. And um, so I think that's been the biggest difference is you're starting to get some investment in in some of these guys now. And, and then they're giving you uh, some of the guys that are already there, who you're already invested in, you know, as also part of the division. So I think that's a big reason why it's starting to look up.
0: Definitely. Okay, MVP, Brian, the most valuable person of the night, Fastlane. Who is your MVP for Fastlane?
1: Well, I think I'm going to go with the obvious, buddy. Bill Goldberg. Uh Uh-oh. I I, I know it might be controversial, but the dude up until all of a sudden he'd be... Here's the other thing I don't understand. Everybody's been loving his entire return. Now he becomes a champ and everybody's pissed off. Like, I don't get it. Yep. Uh, The dude's return, I think, has been... This return has been better than anything they did with him um, during his first run with WWE. I think... You know, I think a great move putting the title on him. There's some something to be said for that nostalgia feel, and you know, I think that's we had talked about it before Goldberg came back, and I said, man, I don't want to see him against any of these other guys. I want to just see him against somebody who he can just, you know, spear, jackhammer, good night. But that's what they're doing with him. That's what Bill Goldberg does best. Like just steamroll guy. That's who, that's who he was, and uh, and the crowd went nuts when he won. Yeah. I mean. For all the pissing and moaning after the fact, the crowd went friggin' nuts when he won. I love shit like that. I love seeing crowds just lose their minds uh, because there's so much of the, the you know the you deserve it type stuff and things like that. You, you lose some of like the, the just the genuine just. Jubilation of when somebody wins, throwing your arms up in the air, screaming "Yes!" Like, and that's what that was when when, when Bill Goldberg won on Sunday. I am not the biggest Bill Goldberg fan on earth, but uh, he is my MVP for for Fastlane twenty seventeen.
0: I mean, people are just too smart for their own good with this whole thing. Just overthinking it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the spectacle. That's what WrestleMania is all about. It's a spectacle.
1: Here's the thing: It's entertainment, man. Like, it's not like uh, I don't know. I mean, Kevin Owens will
0: a... be just fine. Kevin Owens, yes, Kevin be Owens has for many more years, championship
1: runs. He has m- much more money to be made. Uh, whether he had the Universal Title or not, his payday is probably going to be the same at WrestleMania because his match would have been the same. Um, he's going to be just yeah. You're right. He's going to be just fine. Don't you worry about about Kevin Owens. You you can be just as happy. And in six months, when you know, he ends up with the universal title back.
0: Okay. My MVP, Brian Braun Strowman. This guy has grown by leaps and bounds. He is credible in the ring. He is, he could be, I mean, I wouldn't say that he is a great worker, but he could be carried to a very good match. As you saw on Sunday, Roman Reigns, uh, despite what the majority of fans think of him is very good in the ring has great matches more often than not most of the time has great matches Roman Reigns does and this match with Braun Strowman was very very good it could have been match of the night in some people's minds it was match of the night I was listening to the Hurricane Ronda podcast earlier that was their match of the night the Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns match a very good match and Braun Strowman he's not only my MVP at Fastlane he's gonna be an MVP for the next uh, few years here in WWE I think and uh, of course Vince McMahon I'm sure is absolutely in love with him I I was a little surprised that they didn't uh, maybe pull an audible and put Braun Strowman in with uh, the Undertaker, but uh, I guess you know you can't really take that away from Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the is the next chosen one, so you know you can't tap him without a match. But uh, Braun St- Braun Strowman is going to be a major player uh, in the next few years, and he he showed that I think this night at Fastlane.
1: So go on record, Mike. Next year's WrestleMania. Main event? Is it going to be uh, Nakamura versus Braun Strowman?
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, for people who don't know, I predicted episode two, I believe, of this podcast that Shinsuke Nakamura would headline next year's WrestleMania. Um, So. I mean, it could be Nakamura versus Strowman. I would be uh, sitting pretty. I would be uh, very happy with myself. But uh, we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. Nakamura has to debut the night after WrestleMania for that to uh, start to take fruition, I think. I'm really expecting, I'm really hoping that he debuts the day after WrestleMania
1: this year. I think big things, huh?
0: I am, I am. Okay, that is our fast lane thoughts, Brian. And now let's get to the thing that actually won the poll Kofi the early year. Brian, uh, you and I were uh, around Chaotic Wrestling. You trained from scratch at the Chaotic Training Center, which is the training facility for Chaotic Wrestling. It is now uh, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy run by Brian Fury. Go to anyprowrestling.com if you want to know about uh, Brian Fury's school. But originally, it was the Chaotic Training Center. And one day, a guy walked in by the name of Kofi. Were you there when he showed up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was actually, well, you know, Mike, when he first walked in, I just looked at that guy and said, that guy's a star. And I just knew it. I just you knew it and everyone the, else. Yeah, I just knew it from the first, no, that's, that's not true at all. There was this in-shape, athletic dude who um, did have an aptitude for things because he was a great athlete. I, I was. I, it's funny because um, it was me and Mike Hollow were there that night running things, and Mike was in the, the ring with, like, the more experienced guys. And Kofi was the only, like, new, new student that night. So I took Kofi over into the second ring. And the first person Kofi locked up with in a professional wrestling ring was yours truly, buddy. How about that?
0: There you go. <laughs> Not too shabby. Put that on the resume.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I remember anyway, from the start, Kofi had an aptitude for it.
0: So Kofi was, I believe he worked... At the corporate headquarters of Staples, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He had a desk job sitting in a cubicle, and he was looking for a way out, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he came to the chaotic training center, and he locked up for the first time with uh, Brian Malonis. And how long? I mean, you talked about, you're joking about the first time you saw him. You thought, you know, whatever, but... How long did it take for you to be around him and to see him in the ring to think there's something here?
1: Well, I, I mean, I I mean, all kidding aside, I mean, from the first day, I mean, again, he showed an aptitude because Kofi is a is a ridiculous athlete. So, I mean, he showed an aptitude just right from the beginning of of bumping and being able to tie up and move around the ring. And um, I, I mean, I don't know when exactly I thought Kofi would be this, you know the star or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he, he was good, and he was picking up things quickly, but I, I think anybody who says they took a look at Kofi in his brief time on the indies and thought, like, oh, my God, this guy is just going to be... One of the biggest stars in the business someday. Like I think you're lying. I think you're. I think you're full of caca. Sorry. Like, <laughs> not that. Not that you didn't think. Like oh, not, like I think your impression of Kofi was wow, this guy's really good and he's super athletic and and then once he got the Jamaican character, it was like oh, that's something. That's that's it. That's entertaining. Like, but I, I mean, in short of seeing guys, who, this is like the same people who say like. The first time I laid eyes on Sasha Banks, you know, like, I knew she was going to be a big star. Like, you're just, you're full of crap. I mean, short of, like, seeing, like, you know, one of these six-foot-six guys who are ripped, those are usually the guys who, the moment they walk in, you're like, oh, man, this guy's going to be a huge star, like... I mean, we all knew from the start Kofi was, was was very athletic and very and very good, and had an aptitude for wrestling. The other things that really stood out about Kofi was his passion, uh, how hard he worked, um, extremely coachable, always trying to get better, doing whatever it took to get better, always at class, always asking questions, going to shows, doing all the little things. So he, I mean, he was the total package from the start with all the things you need to be successful. But I mean, especially the, at the at the point that Kofi was coming in, it was still six foot four two hundred and forty pounds, and Kofi is six feet tall, you know, at the time he came in, probably 160, hundred and sixty hundred and seventy pounds.
0: yeah, the joke was uh you know around us guys, a guy six four or above would walk in the door. And it would just be one word. Contract.
1: Contract. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: uh, yeah, Kofi kind of broke the mold. And uh, people know his Jamaican character. But his first match, he was not Kofi Kingston. (laughs) His first match, Brian, was for the XWA.
1: Yes.
0: In Rhode Island. And he was not Kofi Kingston.
1: He was... He was the Rock's brother. He <laughs> <laughs> was
0: the Rock's brother. He was Kofi Johnson. And this match, I believe, is online. It was Kofi Johnson versus Ricky Thomas, who <laughs> is another alias of one Tommaso Ciampa. So the first match, <laughs> Kofi's first match, was against Tommaso Ciampa. This it match was, is online. Yes. It's on YouTube. It was put recently on YouTube. You can look it up. Uh, I don't know if it'll probably, yeah, you look up Kofi Kingston. I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, but Kofi Johnson, the brother, he was labeled the son of Rocky Johnson.
1: Yeah. Fall River's own Bobby Cruz uh, was the one putting this all together. And he thought, well, yes. wow, would it would be great if Rocky Johnson had a son who was a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you oh, know, Rocky Bobby Johnson did not already have a son who was a, who was a wrestler. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi
0: Johnson made all sense in the world to, to Bobby Cruz. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, ironically, Kofi's first match almost came in a WWE ring as an extra. Um, is that true? Yeah, but Yeah. that's 100% true. He went to TV uh, and almost ended up getting like a squash match. And he, he had not debuted on, on like the indies yet
0: he almost uh, was put in there with uh, who do you remember who it was
1: i don't i wasn't actually at the tv uh um, handsome was and and i believe Tommaso was as well um
0: but they saw him working out earlier in the day and they said oh maybe
1: like good yeah good guy for like a job match and uh it it was one of those ones where they had a bunch of people they needed to go like it was a um, some sort of security spot or something and they worked out in the afternoon and um, yeah, ironically, Kofi's first match was almost in a WWE ring before he even debuted on the indies. So um, <laughs> I, again, he's a guy though. I mean, you knew he was, you know, he he had all the tools, all the physical tools, but still to me, the biggest thing that always stood out about Kofi and still does to this very day is the man, is, is him as a, as a person, him as a man and just, you know, how hard right from the start, how much he cared, uh, how coachable he was how passionate he was and just the fact that he he is a great person like to me that stuff stood out from the beginning more so than any any of the physical stuff and the physical stuff comes and and obviously this guy hasn't had an aptitude but how many people have we seen come in with a boatload of talent and a head full of crap and yeah uh you know and, and right from the start kofi got it mentally and sometimes the mental game is the tougher of the, of the two things
0: and uh, the final piece of the puzzle that really put it over the top was uh, the Jamaican character. It was originally Kofi Nahaje Kingston. Uh, he had a middle name, but uh, it eventually became Kofi Kingston when he was signed. Do you remember, were you in the school? I mean, I've kind of heard the story, I think, from Fat Pants, who's actually on Monday's podcast. you want to listen to that on the NAI Network, um, when he came up with the Jamaican character in class at the CTC?
1: I mean, I, I remember him doing a lot of work with it, and and actually, you know, studying like you know Jamaican history and Jamaican culture, and again, just fully throwing, you know, throwing himself into it. I remember talking to him about names and whatnot, and uh, he was looking for for names and trying to come up with names. And, and right from the start, I remember telling him like, "Well, I, th- I think you have a unique name um, As to it begin is. with." Yeah. yeah, that's Kofi. I think that's something you know, you could you could use right there. So, you know, I, I I remember having discussions with him about that. I don't remember the exact, you know, putting together of the Jamaican gimmick. I, just, I remember him coming up with it and trying different things. And I think he had a few other weird things along the way he was trying to come up with.
0: Yeah, and I remember, I mean, just the story from Todd Sinclair, who was actually booking Chaotic Wrestling at the time. He was at the school, and Kofi did a practice match as the Jamaican character and just... And that was sealed the deal right there for Todd. He was like, That's it And for some reason Todd decided that this Jamaican had to be a heel, and he had to be a la... living um,
1: Borga. Yes, he had to be
0: uh, a Jamaican who hated America. <laughs> and you can find these vignettes.
1: Yeah, these are online, too. <laughs> yes, they are
0: vignettes with Kofi as an evil heel Jamaican uh, rummaging around Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, in, in the ruins of Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, just talking about how you know america is terrible and he's going to bring home the riches of america for his father but uh <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean it might have been a little ill-advised just to for a guy like kofi who's like a charismatic guy to be a heel but um i mean it was it was it something, yeah I mean, it worked it worked and you know kofi can make uh, seemingly anything work and So he did his chaotic run. It was uh, not lengthy, as we mentioned, but he came in and he uh, was undefeated in chaotic wrestling. He had a number of matches. He was probably around for a good six months, uh, maybe a little less, actually, and won all of his matches, Brian, except the last one. (laughs) Yes. And he was defeated on that night by uh, one kingpin, Brian Malonis.
1: (laughs) No kingpin yet. Jesus, uh, it might even be. was it was it still Brian Buffet at that point? <laughs> uh, it may it may have been, but uh, <laughs> It yes. really could have been. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, there was. Uh, I think it was like Summer Chaos or something like that. Like, uh, and I think we told the story before on this podcast. But Kofi went to the ring to open challenge, and we talked about it beforehand. And I had said to uh, Todd, who was booking at the time, I was like, I think they're going to cheer me. Yeah. No, they're not going to cheer you. They're not going to cheer you. They're not going to cheer you. Because the crowd always hated me. I said, well, yeah, I don't know. But he's doing like this open challenge thing. And I'm like, I'm going to come through. I think they're going to cheer me. And yep, they cheered me. <laughs> because Kofi ran them down. And then, then he called out anybody in the locker room. And I come out. Right. So. The crowd thinks I'm going to, you know, they're happy now. I'm going to pound this guy. So Todd is like, you got to do something to turn him against you. you got to do something to turn him against you. <laughs> and I said something stupid and cheap heat type stuff. And then, But by the end, like, it was an easy, you know, it was an easy fix. And so that that afternoon, I was actually almost pulling into the PAV when uh, Kofi called me on the phone to tell me that that was his uh, last match in Chaotic and that he was signed and, so that was that was pretty cool to be able to have that have that moment with him uh, on the Indies there, his last match on the Indies. And I sent his ass packing all yes. the way down to Florida. <laughs>
0: yes, well first he stopped in uh Atlanta. But uh
1: <laughs> That's right, he, he did start in Deep South, didn't yeah. he?
0: Yeah, the the uh vaunted Deep South wrestling, which has many uh horror yes. stories about it but uh yeah so he was signed uh based basically on a wwe tryout camp that happened at the chaotic training center uh do you remember anything about that about that tryout
1: yeah i, I remember uh me and max being the only two guys that were told to take our shorts off um <laughs> right yeah but uh Co- yeah i remember kofi wrestled wrestled uh uh handsome or, or warbeard hanson as uh most people might know him by now they actually
0: brought him uh, up a few times right kofi had like two or three matches
1: yeah he's he yeah, the only clearly, guy yeah they clearly really liked him i mean i think at that point he was far and away the the standout and i think it actually at that point um where now WWE actually wants guys with some experience and who have made names for themselves. At that point, experience hurt you because they looked at it like you had all these bad habits that they'd have to unteach you. So one of the biggest things I think they loved about Kofi, aside from all the other stuff, but was the fact that he was so new still that they didn't have to unteach him. They could, you know, mold him whichever way they wanted to. And I, I don't know how true or untrue the legend is now of. It's kind of become legend around our circle of uh, Paul Heyman, who was writing the new ECW at that point, wanted a Jamaican character or something, or or maybe he was writing SmackDown at that point and uh, but wanted a wanted a Jamaican character and and Kofi was doing Jamaican character and that helped his cause and I don't I don't know how true or untrue that that really is, but that's kind of the legend among our our crew.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what uh. I had been hurt. I think we actually said that on this podcast here. But uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I I I mean, I can't imagine it not being true. But I I don't know. You you know, we don't know for sure if that's the case.
0: So yeah, from there, Kofi went to Deep South Wrestling, and then ended up in Florida Championship Wrestling, and then went to ECW on the main roster. And he's been up on the main roster for how many years now? Yeah, Forever. I
1: don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I'm so lost on time at this yeah. point. I, but I think like nine years or something, maybe. Something, I think recently he had like a eight or nine year anniversary or something. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and, and I just, you know, and, and, and you can attest to this, I can't say enough good things about uh, Kofi. We remain, you know, friends to this day and... Just an incredible person, um, an incredible human being. Uh, put aside the success for a moment. Um, you know, some people you hear horror stories about when they have success, the, how it changes them and, and the type of people they become. Um, but Kofi is the same dude as the day I met him. And uh, he's just a great dude and a great person, and somebody I'm so happy to see having the success he's having because. He's just a great person. Uh, like I can't say that enough. I, I and I don't think that can be stressed enough in a business that so much negativity gets, um, you know, gets publicized. You see so many negative stories about wrestling. God damn it! Somebody should do a story about Kofi Kingston and just what an incredible dude he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, he, he'll probably have a job there for life uh, because he's such a great ambassador uh, for their company. Uh, they don't have to worry about scandals or anything like that with Kofi, you know, got the opportunity to go to his wedding and, uh, you know, share that experience, you know, with him and his, and his close friends and family and, you know, see pictures of his family now with his kids and just what, I don't know, I can't say it enough. Uh, the dude is an amazing guy and, um, I'm just, I'm happy to call him a friend and happy, uh, I get to be there at the beginning uh, of his story it's been it's been really fun to watch especially now with the new day stuff Uh, because for a while you know
0: he was languishing a little bit
1: yeah you know there was that lull and you start to wonder like oh man like you start to get worried like uh, you know when they do their cuts every year like oh shit is this gonna is this gonna be it for him but to see him now in the spot he's in doing the things that they're doing um,
0: hosting Wrestlemania
1: yeah I, I mean or having their Wrestlemania match last year or You know and and they them selling the most merchandise at wrestlemania over that weekend like i don't know incredible absolutely incredible and to say that and this is not me taking credit but the fact that i got to be in the ring with him on literally his first day in professional wrestling and to see that um i mean for me is is really cool um you know and again, this is not. I've never been like. I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm the reason why Kofi Kingston is a huge success. Others
0: like, have said that, but not you.
1: <laughs> no, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not that guy. I will never be. I will never be that guy. I, if anything, I'm just. I, for me, it's kind of a cool thing to to look back and see. And and not even because like just because he's a huge star, uh, but because he's my friend as well.
0: Right. I echo all of your sentiments, obviously. I mean, Kofi... Yeah, I rambled there. I'm sorry, buddy. No, no, no,
1: no. But I, I genuinely love the dude and, and uh, you know, can't say enough nice things about him.
0: And this is a great uh, thing to talk about here. And I figure we'll probably never get Kofi on the podcast. So we'll just interview each other and just talk, talk about Kofi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, but, you know, unless we get big enough to where uh, we can get those types of guests, um, I hope we never get him on this podcast because... That would mean something bad happened. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, you know, and I, I I hope my buddy is there for forever.
0: Well, I just hope that we, uh, we blow up. We're gonna blow up, Brian. We are blowing up. It's happening.
1: It's slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I agree. We're doing, we're doing big, we're doing big things, Mike. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I I just don't want him to be on this podcast before we, we blow up and become one of the biggest podcasts uh, in the world.
0: Thank you. Yes, very much. Uh, Okay, so uh, I hope you really enjoyed us talking about our friend Kofi and talking about Fastlane. You can let us know at the WPAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Give us some feedback. And speaking of feedback finally, Brian, it is Merv Griffin time.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a long BDA bonus <laughs> episode, buddy. They're getting two for one. <laughs> exactly. It's
0: named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. And we are doing voicemails over on the NAI never edition of the podcast. So you can get yours in now. We'll play it on that show. Give us some feedback on the Kofi stuff. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. of course, the way to participate here on MGT is using our hashtag on Twitter hashtag W P A N. All right, Brian, we'll go over a couple of the uh, a couple we'll go over a, a couple oh, of the boy. tweets that we missed uh, while we took our uh, very brief hiatus. Wayne G at HotStuff Int 007 says, "Great show for a northern podcast." <laughs>
1: oh boy <laughs> still going
0: <laughs> the JMS express at JMS express he says a couple Fridays ago at chaotic I had someone walk outside while I was having my medicine I'm not quite sure what medicine
1: oh boy he's a medicine man <laughs> I guess so he's a medicine <laughs> he took the medicine that's another Good man medicine man
0: <laughs> that's another uh another impression uh he says uh <laughs> So someone told him, shut up, the kingpin is talking. And he, he, <laughs> he wanted to refer to the WPAN and say, I've heard enough. <laughs> but he said, honestly, thanks for keeping us entertained. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. J. Mess, if that is your real name. Uh, J. Duckets at Johnny Duckets on Twitter. He says, uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, the worst angle of the 1980s. He says, when I was a kid, Zeus scared the crap out of me. Uh, as he did with adults, I was a little older, and uh, I was a little uh, thrown off as well by Zeus. <laughs> Especially, I, 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 you
1: were I, afraid. You were like, you were like twenty six years old when they did that <laughs> angle.
0: I'm sure anyone who was staring, who was uh, standing across the rink from him, was uh, very frightened as well. You're making uh,
1: fun of his eyes? <laughs> yes. David Ratty. He's a madness. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the
0: unibrow, yes. Uh, David Ratty at Dave Ratman, our old friend, um, not old, old, but a uh, guy who's been with us since the very beginning. He says, Thank you for the recommendation for Bruce Pritchard's podcast. It is a great listen. Uh, yes, it is. It is a highlight of your and my week, both, Brian. The. Uh, <laughs> The Bruce Pritchard podcast. Make sure you check out uh, something to wrestle with. I'm Should sure. Should we talk is.
1: about the fact that we realized that we were there the night Bruce got fired?
0: <laughs> yes, Summer Summer Slam and uh, Survivor Series in Boston. Yeah, he did a podcast talking about uh, him being fired from the WWE, and yeah, we were apparently there that evening. <laughs> I, I think he was gone by the time we arrived, though. He said it was very early in the day. That
1: yeah, uh, probably yeah, probably. But it was just like kind of funny that we were uh, we were there. <laughs>
0: yeah um, book of the territory uh, Steven and our friend Todd Sinclair we're all talking good about our cheeseburger interview. Go back on the NAI network uh, last week's episode episode 45 to uh, listen to our interview with Ring of Honor's cheeseburger and we, did,
1: we didn't talk about enough nearly the spot of the one of the spots of the night at Manhattan Mayhem with cheeseburger. Oh, with
0: uh, when he um,
1: <laughs> with War Machine, and <laughs> he was tossed
0: out of the ring, and War Machine caught him and launched him back into the ring. Yes. Yeah, I
1: think onto the Beer City Bruiser. right? <laughs> yes, yes. It, folks, if, if if you're a wrestling fan, when this becomes available on video on demand, go get Manhattan Mayhem. It was good, great stuff. But the, yeah, the cheeseburger spot was was amazing.
0: Yes, yeah, so while you're watching. Um, Ring of Honor TV episode, was it 585 you said or something like that? 285?
1: 285.
0: Yeah. While you're watching that episode, uh make sure to check for Manhattan May. I'm not sure if it's up yet, but it will be soon on rhostling.com. Something you'll definitely want to check out. Uh you Mania, your very good friend at Big Bad Vader 56, Brian. He says, Top five podcasts. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Booking the Territory, What Happened When, uh, Austin Idol Live, and WPAN. He says, Malonis, you're in the last spot looking up, as usual.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Peckerhead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Lone Wolf, Greg Myron. At Lone Wolf GAM says, this sounds crazy, but the Uncivil War is ranked right up there with the great debate between Jim Cornette and Kenny Bolin. Keep it up. And uh, I mean, Jim Cornette can talk with the best of them. So uh, <laughs> Kenny Bolin as well. So uh, the two of you compared to those two guys, I'd say that's a compliment, Brian.
1: Maybe Mike Mill should have got Jim Cornette. Could have made a valid point for him.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Marty Howell. Our good pal at MartinHowell71 on Twitter. He says, I support at the WPAN, at Brian Malonis, and at CrocSox, but I'm also a soldier of the BTT Army. Uh, right. You are free to do that, Marty. We we uh, appreciate your support. I know you were a uh, Booking the Territory guy before you were a WPAN guy, and uh, we thank you very much for checking us out. Okay, some newer stuff, Brian. We got through the backlog here. Edward Sharp, he says... I still need to get the Scotty Slade and the WPAN shirts. I should be able to get them this weekend. Yes, please get your Curtain Jerker WPAN shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. And at New Age Insiders, he says, Hashtag my next purchase. Jason Maltov talking about our T-shirt, his next purchase. All Thank right. you very much. So the money's going to start rolling in, buddy.
1: We're going to be able to quit our jobs soon, Mike. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. <laughs>
0: uh, big Bad Vader is 56 once again, Brian. Says congrats to Malone ass for his ROH appearance. <laughs> he looked like he was hindered after getting Mills' boot pulled out of his ass.
1: Well, it shows what he knows. I'm pretty sure that was filmed before then. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brian, just uh, kayfabe there. It's It's... It- <laughs> It was live. It was live.
1: It's, yeah, it's uh, live every time. Every time it's been on, it's been live. Yes.
0: Okay, Mike Mills <laughs> at Mike five hundred four Saints says, "I'm shocked your BHF Brian Fury took your side in the uncivil war."
1: Is that BFF I just, not BHF?
0: I said I thought I said BFF.
1: No, you said BHF.
0: <laughs> uh, same thing. Uh, <laughs> I just knew he'd side with me. Sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got to admit Mike Mills has a somewhat of a point, is that all the people supporting you are are your friends.
1: All the people supporting him are his friends.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: They're all people under, like, aliases on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's God. probably Mike Mills himself.
0: <laughs> Mike Mills and Doc Turner and Hardbody Harper all it, just it, uh, It's getting... all
1: people who already had made up their mind on that argument long before. They hate the WWF. Uh, I think I, is it fair to say that a large portion of Mike's audience hates the WWF like he does, or WWE like he does? I would say so. Okay, that's a fair statement. Yes. So their minds may have been made up before they ever even listened to the debate. Fair statement.
0: Well, yeah, but wouldn't that go the same way uh, with your pals that are listening to the podcast?
1: I I, I don't think with Fury, uh, especially like
0: oh, I, I, well, he was a WWF guy all the all his life.
1: He was, but he hates the attitude error, and I don't think he's like a big Hogan guy. Um, and I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think Brian is just like a shill for for Northern Wrestling or or a shill for me. <laughs> Furthermore.
0: Well, if you want to hear more Southern wrestling stuff, check out Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They're actually reviewing Brian World Championship Wrestling, the Saturday 605 05 show. Uh, they're all up on WWE Network, and they're reviewing them week by week on the Book in the Territory Podcast. So be sure to check that out. Podbean, it's a good
1: thing people can actually see that footage now.
0: What do you mean by that? It was on Superstation.
1: Well, it was, probably, it was probably missed the first time around. So.
0: No, it was on the Superstation, it was on National Cable. <laughs> In the early 80s or well, mid 80s. Book of the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Go to mikemills.podbean.com. Become a patron of his and you get special bonus episodes. Check it out loud. Book of the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. All right, Joe O. He is at NH Punk. He says, congratulations, Brian, Chaotic Wrestling Nation is behind you, talking about uh, your appearances at the Ring of Honor. He says, Derry is also behind you. Great to see a hard worker accomplish so much. Derry, New Hampshire, represent Brian. That's right. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: My current current hometown.
0: It is your current hometown. Not Pittsburgh.
1: You moved. No, 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 no. No, well, I I, I mean, I get announced now from Manchester, New Hampshire, but I currently reside in Derry.
0: Weren't you announced New York from Portsmouth, New Hampshire?
1: No, I don't. Manchester, New Hampshire.
0: I'm pretty sure I heard Portsmouth, New Hampshire on Saturday.
1: Portsmouth? I don't know. Unless Bobby, maybe Bobby Cruz has ripped me for all the Fall fall River. He
0: might have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I heard Portsmouth.
1: I've been to Portsmouth a handful of times in my life, but I've never lived there, so...
0: All right, well, right, we'll move on here. Uh, <laughs> JB, he is at JB the Cape. He retweeted our podcast with uh, talking about Manhattan Mayhem and said, "Everyone loves this, but hates Goldberg winning. Weird." And it was a picture of you know the Hardys winning the ROH tag team titles. Uh, <laughs> say, everyone, everyone loves this, but hates Goldberg. They're
1: burying younger talent, Mike.
0: So it's a pretty good point there from uh, at JB the Cape on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Steven at HHHGuy2004. He says, uh, at Sinclair Todd, I love free shirts. Love the driving commentary on the WPAN. And then he later said, what the hell? It went from wrestling talk to Brian talking about almost pissing himself. This went downhill (laughs) fast.
1: Well, you wanted to try to embarrass me, Mike, so we talked about it.
0: Mission accomplished.
1: <laughs>
0: Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut. Uh, he says, the episode was very acoustically sound as we recorded in the backseat of the Honda Civic owned by one Todd Sinclair. He says, congratulations to Todd on getting them there in one piece. Yes, thank you, Todd, for your driving, uh, even driving and uh Talking on the podcast at the same time, he was a very talented man
1: i will I will say I sounded groggy as shit on the second part of that when <laughs> we were yes. recording at one thirty in the morning <laughs>
0: and the next day Brian <laughs> yeah
1: I, I sounded more coherent on the next day, but i was I sounded so groggy on uh, the the trip home uh, when we were actually talking about Manhattan mayhem, so
0: a little um, out of it
1: <laughs> I was very tired.
0: And finally, Brian, Brad Hollister, at B underscore Rad Hollister. He says, Brian Malonis, let's make a deal. You stay away from the ears. I stay away from the jaw. This way, the WPAN can continue for us both. I think that's a good deal. Brian, you are wrestling Brad Hollister this weekend, right?
1: I am. Saturday night is part of a triple threat with Wrecking Ball Ligursky, but we'll talk about that in a little bit.
0: Yes, so uh, Brad uh, wants to keep on listening, so stay away from the ears, and you want to keep on talking, so uh, no uh, no uppercuts for Brad Hollister. I think that's a deal. I'll, I'll take that deal. <laughs> All right, now thank you to everyone who's part of of Griffin time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on com.
1: This better be a quick You'll Laugh Hall of Fame, buddy. Yes, uh, the
0: Heel Half Hall of Fame. This BDA bonus podcast, Brian, has given us the opportunity to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the best way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. Our friend Tarzan said it best. All it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So, Brian, with that in mind, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. This week's inductee into the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame is the man we just mentioned, your opponent, this Saturday night for Pioneer <laughs> Valley Pro Wrestling, Brad Hollister.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, this was
0: brought to our attention recently, Brian. Uh, he recently tweeted to us at B underscore Brad Hollister. He said, Chucky, he gets into the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame before me. Have you not heard my incredible laugh? And then he said, I thought Brian Melloise and I would team up on Wrecking Ball McGursey, but I guess now we have hashtag Big man heat. <laughs> so I don't know if this, was, uh, this will uh, smooth things over with you and, and Big Bacon Brian, but Brett Hollister is now a member of... Of the esteemed heel laugh Hall of Fame, your thoughts?
1: Well, I think it will smooth things over until I take uh, the Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Championship from him on Saturday. Uh oh, <laughs> that's a great—that's a great heel laugh.
0: <laughs> it certainly is, and uh, he's very deserving, and he's—he's uh, he's in there with the greats, like Doink the Clown, and uh, who else is in there?
1: The Fabulous Rougeau Brothers
0: yes and ted dibiase can
1: you believe it shane douglas
0: brad hollister among the greats in the heel laugh hall of fame well deserved uh we're not just doing this because we're pandering to our listeners maybe slightly but anyway he is a good heel he is a good heel laugh and he is in the wrestling podcast about nothing's heel laugh hall of fame and that is that Now, Brian, speaking of all this stuff going on this weekend, you're packing your bags. You're about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend doing that pro wrestling thing. One more time, where are you headed this weekend?
1: Friday night, I'm heading to Brockton, Massachusetts for top rope promotions. Uh, check out Top Row Promotions on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, their tickets are sold through brownpapertickets.com. Uh, so come on out. Come on down to Brockton. Uh, meet the Kingpin. Uh, get a t-shirt. Uh, good chance the brand new Kingpin Brian Malone's t-shirt will be available for the very first time this weekend on Friday really? night. Yes. How about that, huh?
0: I haven't seen this yet.
1: No, you have, that's right. You haven't. You, this is the first Brian Malone's t-shirt that you didn't design. The heck. <laughs> well, you're a little hard to pin down these days for for artwork.
0: <laughs> Where is the WPAN t-shirt? Is that going to be on the uh, gimmick table?
1: <laughs> you going to we're we going to split it and buy some?
0: Well. <laughs> Maybe.
1: That's what I thought. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Friday night, I'll be in Brockton for Top Row promotion, So please come on out. Come meet me. Come get a, a t-shirt, eight by 10. Come watch some great wrestling. Let's talk about the podcast. Uh, and then Saturday night, I will be heading to your old stomping grounds, Mike, Western Massachusetts, Hadley Mass. Uh, I will be taking on the newest member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame, Big Bacon himself, Brad Hollister, and also Wrecking Ball Ligurski, in a triple threat match for the Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Uh, that's in Hadley, Mass. Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook for all the details. Last time I saw, I believe the first couple rows were close to being sold out already. So uh, get your tickets. Uh, come see uh, some great wrestling action out in western Massachusetts. What's out they there, Mike? Well out there. Out they do very well out there.
0: They fill up that room.
1: What, what the hell else are you going to do out in western Mass.? <laughs> oh, come on now.
0: Go to Antonio's afterwards, Brian. Get some pizza. It's very good.
1: <laughs> we'll see. Is that it? We'll see. That's it. That's all I got going on this weekend, buddy.
0: Okay, Brian. You can book the Kingpin by emailing Brian Malonis at net, or you can DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, that's with Chad Alden and Paul St. Jr., our good friends. Head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Also, don't forget, you can get our brand new Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. All sizes available. Take a look. Purchase it. There will be a contest coming very soon. Get your Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt. Okay, we'll be back on Monday with episode 47 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Then catch us back here next week for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks. For nothing.